Within our formation as disciples, we often err towards particular ways of growing in our relationship with God. I know that's the case for me. And the aim for this five podcast episode series, or this five episode series, is to embrace the contrasts that form within our faith, the, the two sides of the same coin as it were, hence the title Heads and Tails. The overall goal being that we would find ourselves growing more into the image bearers that we were called to be. Like I said, this is Heads and Tails, and I'm your host Dan, and in this first episode I'm joined by Vic and Calvin, and we're talking about what it means to be both shaped by Scripture, that was Calvin, and guided by the Holy Spirit. Now if you haven't listened to the sermon podcast from this week, it would be great for you to go and check those out first, before you listen to this conversation, but if you want to be a rebel and wait till after, it doesn't really matter. They are worth checking out so you can get the fullest experience of this series, especially if you weren't here on a Sunday. So Vic, Calvin, welcome to our little podcast experiment. Oh, it's quite exciting. So, so before we jump into this idea of marrying these two topics, being shaped by scripture and guided by the spirit, since this was sort of the the brainchild of the two of you, the idea to do this series, this heads and tails idea, let's spend a few minutes talking about why we wanted to do this and why why you, you felt that this was a series that needed to to happen. Yeah, I think we are aware all the time that there's tensions going on um, and different people, different uh, messages you hear over the years present things in different ways. And so to be able to to look at some of those tensions but also bring them into some sort of a happy convergence that we can get the best out of them seemed like a really good thing to do. Yeah, and I feel like often uh, what happens culturally for us is that we we can latch onto a new idea or a new way of growing or a new way of learning and it's actually quite easy for us to discard the thing that we've come from or the thing that we've done before and so I think I really like that this series is all about um, actually leaning into both sides of these things so it's not that either idea is wrong or bad or that this is the better way or this is the new way it's actually like man how do we how do we step into these things uh, into the new with a sense of I don't know excitement and adventure and curiosity while at the same time holding uh, a deep regard for where it is we've come from and so I think something of that for me is where um, a series like this is really beneficial. We did at the beginning sort of think we might do a complete I, I don't know radical swing from morning service to night service you know so get Calvin to say the only thing that matters is being shaped by scripture and I'd come back at night and say no the only thing that matters is being guided by the spirit and then we and then we got a little, uh, we got we chickened out, or, or we, we decided it was better to because we didn't actually believe that that was the case. To but to nevertheless push a, push the boat out a, a little on both sides, with the idea that this these are both good, these are both important. There's a holistic discovery to both that actually we can wholly lean in, into the scriptures and we can wholly lean into the presence. And actually, there's the, that actually in wholly leaning into both of them, there's something incredibly rich that we can discover. Vic, do you reckon, and I know you said this on Sunday, that you are inclined to go more scripture than spirit, perhaps, that, you know, if you were to pick one of those two, you would naturally go, I'm a, I'm a Bible guy. Not that you're not a spiritually led guy, as, which is good as the pastor of our church, but that the Bible is, and, ha- and has been for a long time, the foundation. Do you reckon that is the case for a lot of people? That we find it easier, maybe because of who you know, where we are, where we live, or the kind of the the Christian upbringing that a lot of us have had. Do you reckon a lot of us tend to side that way? 
Yeah, I wonder. Maybe it's how it's wired, and maybe and maybe it is a bit of a generational thing. Certainly, when I became a Christian, I was like, you know, the word was really important, and so I guess I did what I was told at that point, and and I don't regret that at all. It was it, it's so shaped me, you know, to use that to use the term of the message. Um, and so maybe that is what we tend to uh, direct people towards. And, and the scriptures are solid, aren't they? They they are they are sure, and and that's really important. Whereas being led by the Spirit can have some more risks, perhaps involved. And so I think often as church leaders, we would encourage people towards you know get that real solid grounding. Um, but if we just stay there, then we lose something of the of the broader um, aspect that we can that we can experience when we follow the Spirit as well. What I found interesting just from reading stuff online as we've kind of started getting into this series is maybe a felt need to get more guided by the Spirit than shaped by Scripture as we start to reach a generation, you know, and I'm the youth pastor of our church, so I know this firsthand, and any parent listening or anybody who used to be in church and then left church, especially because of something that was in the Bible that doesn't marry up from the Old Testament to the New Testament, or there is some sort of doubt or some question there, do you reckon we now find it harder to be shaped by Scripture because maybe it's not true? Maybe we don't really understand where it's come from, and so we find it hard to follow that? Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, and I, th- I I, agree. Uh, some Somehow it doesn't seem as easy to get the Scripture these days or seem as necessary perhaps to us as Christians whereas again going back to and maybe it's just the way I was formed but um, it was always so urgent you know if you hadn't read your Bible today somehow you hadn't pleased God well I've long since moved past that I think I don't think that's an essence of pleasing God but I still think the scriptures are really really important yeah I think scriptures actually require us to to do a bit more work than maybe what we're used to or comfortable with and for me, I, I'm someone who who's okay with asking questions and I'm okay with there being some things in the Bible that I don't understand. Um, and I'm really happy to wrestle with that. Um, and what I've seen and what I've sort of uh, had, had sort of come out of a lot of conversations is that actually um, that becomes a, a bit of a roadblock for people um, that actually it's like, oh, suddenly I, I can't get an answer or I don't understand that thing or I don't understand where that story's come from or what it's about or why God let that happen or why God would do that. And it's like, well, suddenly then that becomes a roadblock to my faith. And really for me, what I've learned to do is kind of see those as, as opportunities to to actually go exploring and to go ask questions. And I, and I've, I've long thought that God is not intimidated by our questions and that the... And that the Bible itself is not uh, is not intimidated by our wrestling with it. In fact, I I, I, lo- I really love that sort of ancient Jewish concept that that the whole page uh, of the scriptures is sacred, um, and so the black words, the sort of the writing on the page represents the words or the sacred text, but that the white space of the page itself represents the space for conversation, for exploration, for discussion and for discovery. So that's like this ancient Jewish idea that we've sort of left a little bit in our Western uh, uh, desire, I guess, to figure things out and put them in boxes and kind of have these clean breaks where things don't make sense. And so for me, I think it's just like, man, actually, we need to inquire of the scriptures. We need to go to the hard places. And actually, we don't need to be scared to do that. 
I think we can also unpack stuff, you know, for years if we like. You know, I, I don't understand that, God. Why did you do that? Why, why is that? Um, I think a confidence in God and a confidence in, in the Scriptures, like Calf's talking about, allows us to do that. And I've found, because I'm old, getting older, but I've found that it's a long life and things that you might really struggle with as a 30-year-old, you may not as a 40-year-old, and vice versa, of course. So, so this is a, an ongoing wrestle. But a wonderful wrestle, and I think we can trust the scriptures in that sense. You know that that God is revealed in the way, and um, He's He's leading us on a journey through the scriptures. We are recording this podcast, Calv, on the day of Eugene Peterson's passing. He died early this morning, New Zealand time. And I know you mentioned him in your message as someone who, like me, has been so instrumental in how I've engaged with Scripture, especially some of those tricky parts, because, you know, it was it's not written in English. And so a whole lot of people a long time ago went through the effort to put it as best they could into English. And then Eugene almost took it a step further and tried to make it as understandable and as direct as possible. And, and I'm so thankful for that. So I wonder if you could kind of, have you got a story of, of how that's really helped you be shaped by Scripture, knowing that he was led by the Spirit to do so? Yeah, I mean, I was actually doing, I watched a few videos and stuff earlier this week and was just doing some reading and kind of going back over some old Eugene Peterson stuff. And there's this really beautiful video where he, t- where he talks about uh, really his desire to, to write the message and what it came out of. And and one of the things he talks about is that the original dialects of Greek and Hebrew, um, what what we have written on paper is not not some sort of like academic formal language. It is a, it's like street language. It's it's storytelling that these were these were stories that were being communicated and shared shared amongst communities um, in order to to propel uh, and celebrate and glorify God. Um, so. I think that oh man, where was I even going with that? Um, I, I I I just love that I love that there was a like a genuineness to capture that that authenticity and that um, a certain I don't know like whimsy almost or something, but like this this like this this attempt to go back to the the basic thing. It's like it's not about this like super intense theological pursuit. It's like what's the heart of this thing? You know, like what. What really was this thing was about? What was it this text thing about? What were what were this? Where were the scriptures meeting people um, in their original context? And then how can those scriptures meet people now? It's like Eugene just spoke about how ordinary his church was, how it was just filled with people that he looked upon with love, the simple beauty of God, and that's really what the message arose out of. So it's like, uh, like that's how he talks about it, and then. In terms of ten years of ministry experience for me, that's what I've seen for, for people. Like every message Bible I've ever owned, and I think I said this on Sunday, I've I've ended up giving away to someone, and they've come back to me two or three weeks later and go, "Oh my goodness, like I didn't get it before, but like I, I get it now." You know, like it's just it was so easy to read and it was so good, and oh, suddenly like I'd never thought of it like this way before, and it's like, man, it's the same story, it's the same heart, it's just using language that we can that resonates with us. Vic, do you reckon it's, uh, you know, the best time to be alive, to be a follower of Jesus because of how many different translations and how easily accessible the Bible is? You know, we all have it on our phones. It's freely accessible online. You are someone who has taken the Bible into parts of the world where it's illegal to have a copy. So what is it? 
you know, talk a bit a little of, of your love for, for scripture, either from, you know, the message translation or, or just how valuable this is to you, because you are coming at this, you know, from a, a different generation, sure, but also from, as you said, the way you've been brought up and how that has formed you alongside being guided by a Holy Spirit. Yeah, man, I, I think back, you know, you talking, it was sort of uh, the good news Bible as it was, and then the message were looked on with some uh, doubt, you know, just, oh, I don't know about this. And I, I remember vividly in my first Sunday as a Christian, the King James Bible being held up as being the Bible. And so I went out and bought one the next day and opened it and couldn't read it because it was <laughs> it was so difficult to see. And so I thought, thank God for Eugene Peterson. You know, even though it took me a while to actually realize and discover that. So I, I completely, now is the best time. You know, now we probably have the least excuse but I do recognize that it's it's also a heart thing. So, um, you know, the ancient father, desert fathers in the 4th century lamented the fact that these carefully handwritten Bibles and, and, and the scriptures as they had them then, you know, would, would sit on people's windowsills. And so we are no different now. There still, seem, still needs to be a sort of a stirring within our heart to know and understand the message of the Scripture, you know, the Word of God, um, you know, God's truth, God's picture. I love, I love what Calvin's saying, you know, sort of the, the, the truths of God, certainly, but, but painting the picture of this magnificent, wonderful creator, creative God who we serve. We're in the best place that we can get it. Um, unfortunately, we we still don't take advantage of that necessarily state of the human heart thing, I guess. Calv, uh, someone you brought up, uh, someone else you brought up on, on Sunday, uh, Robert Mulholland Jr. And this this quote that Vic pointed out as we were getting ready for this podcast, and I also just loved it. Um, in reading the Bible, we come to the text with an openness to hear, to receive, to respond, to be a servant of the word rather than a master of the text. Um, that to me sounds like that, that, that sort of openness that's being guided by the Spirit as you are being shaped by Scripture. Yeah, doesn't it, doesn't it just? <laughs> what a great quote. So, so, yeah. so ha- practically, because, mm. you know, I'm a, I'm a practical, let's, let's wrap skin and bones around, you know, f- flesh around this. What does that look like? Well, I think it looks less like trying to find answers and more like being present to what might arrive. I mean, we were just having a conversation earlier sort of outside of the podcast stuff and just talking about um, uh, talking about the scriptures and I was just sort of remarking how when I flick through my paper Bible, which is pretty rare these days because I'm so digital. You, you know? go on. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm astounded by how many highlighted passages there are. Um, and when I look at them, I go, man, like why, why did I highlight them with my dearest friends and with mentors? about some of these passages knowing i don't remember what the conversations were but i recognize them as being really pivotal to my own formation at that point of time so it's so those moments where it's like man i remember like i i don't know why i highlighted it but it's but i know it did something to me and actually i think that a lot of people who can sort of make their way through the bible in one year or read a whole bunch of content which i think is really good so it's definitely not an attack on that 
but it's like how much more meaningful are those like single one-off verses that that we seem to carry with us or or come come to us like time and time again or that or that met us in a particular place i think that that's what being a servant of the text looks like when we come to it and you know you know when you hear stories and someone's like i just opened my bible and like there the was this verse, you know, the, the words jumped off. Yeah, exactly. You know, like some sort of like troped out Christian cliche that actually like totally points to God working in our lives in a, in a powerful and tangible and meaningful manner. It's like, hello, I'm speaking to you. It's, <laughs> it's right here. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that I think that that's what it looks like to, to come to the text and just be present to it. And, and There's a risk in that, though, isn't there? I think with people, and this is you know where the the easy argument of well, this is how you take the Bible out of context. If the you know if the words jump off the page, it's given me the answer to life. This is why I'm moving to Mozambique, and no one's ever going to hear from me again because the Bible told me to go to the ends of the earth. That's one of the you know the things that's in there. And in fact, this is where you, something that you brought up is is really important. As we are guided by the Spirit, the Spirit of God can't supersede. I think was the word that you used the word of God that, you know, the two must run in sync. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there are timeless truths. There are There is the big picture of God and there are things that God speak to. And I, nothing is done in isolation. So, you know, the going to Mozambique or Zambia or whatever you just I, said. Doesn't really matter. Yeah, some, you know, some go to Africa, African you know, country, sort yeah. of thing. It's got to be there somewhere. Um, those decisions shouldn't be made out of the context of community, for example, which is arguably a different thing that we're talking about And anyway. still a biblical concept. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. know, that comes yeah, to yeah. us through the words. For so, sure, yeah. yeah. And, so, and so those are always going to be wrong uh, or taken the wrong way. Um, be it whether through it's the reading of a scripture that comes out in sort of foot-high letters, you know, inch-high letters and, and capital letters, um, or whether it is sort of just a, a spiritual experience. And so we have to be careful with those things as well. But I think, you know, the the idea of, uh, I don't know if Calvin would agree, um, it was interesting that, you know, I, I did the Guided by the Spirit, Calvin did the Shape by the Scripture. Um, it feels to me like the the building on a base of scripture by the movement of the spirit is an amazing thing because if you have a yeah, if you have the fundamentals in place then the spirit of god can lead you in all sorts of ways but you have a core you have a root you have a groundedness that is that's unshakable i mean would you say that Carl? Is, is that helpful yeah i mean i think so I, the way i view it is that the scripture and spirit are a simultaneous lens onto each other so like we we go towards both with a with a with a looking or an eye or a, or an opening of the heart to the other um and so i you know i think of something like like jeremiah 29 11 right which is just another like so how many people like resonate with that as a verse they they read it completely out of context you know for i know the plans i have for you declare this to the lord this is a this, these are plans about Israel. They're not. They're not plans about the individual in the 21st century. But it's a timeless truth about God. And does God have a unique and wonderful place to read that, both with a uh, and uh, a, a researched understanding of the historical context? Because there's something rich we can kind of take from that, knowing the story of God. Like by by learning that we like sort of discover our place within human history and all that kind of jazz and at the same time simultaneously hear this or sense this little tug of the spirit in our heart that says see that verse that's for you and that's what i want you to know that i have a plan for you 
So I think it's this, they are this lens onto each other. Does that sort of play off what you say? <laughs> when, when we're talking about guided by the Spirit, it's, it's not only through the Scripture. So, but, I, but I think it's a great base, you know, so we get verses, those sorts of things. Singing, uh, there's one, I'm not even sure what it is, but a, um, a track of Christianity that talks about God's other book, and that is nature, for example. You know, and we've all been wowed and spoken to and drawn and, you know, people's acts of service and love and you know, all of those things. I guess all, you could find them all in the scriptures, but it, it, the guided by the Spirit allows us to be connecting with God in ways that are not just so locked and I think we should celebrate both. We could never just abandon the scripture. Well, I don't need the scriptures at all, but I, I never trust a church that says, put your Bibles away. Don't need them. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mind you, probably don't trust the church that says the Bible's all we need to read. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Never yeah. read anything else. Yeah, don't yeah, read exactly, a newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't listen to don't listen to Rima. Don't listen to you know. Just read your Bible. It's like, oh, we missed something along the way there as well. So as we draw this to a close, what is uh, something that you would say to the person who knows that they're erring one side to the other, they're maybe more spirit-led and less scripture-based, or they're so in the Bible. And again, and as, as we've said, you know, they're not bad things to be one or the other, but how could we take steps to be more both and rather than either or, which is the whole point of the series, to see, you know, wholeness and to see both sides of the same coin as a way of drawing closer to God, what would each of you, you both have to answer this one, um, what would you say? Well, uh, I, I think for me, celebrate the direction that you're wired towards. So I am a, am a scripture sort of person, and so I think that's probably the way that I am. Um, for me, though, I always feel like ministry in the Spirit or hearing the Spirit or whatever it is, it's almost like a pendulum. I've got to push that. It, it, it automatically goes one way, and I have to push it out. And I do it with confidence because I know that I'll always come back to you know my sense of anchoring in the, spirit, in, in the Scriptures. So uh, I'm unlikely to ever get weird. Um, unlikely to ever sort of you know go off off the deep end in the spirit because I'm because I am so anchored in the scripture. But if I stay in the scripture, I, I quickly could get introspective and 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 um, and dangerous in, in, in another sense. So celebrate celebrate your natural environments and push out into other environments, and you'll get more of God, more of an understanding of who and what God is, and that will be really valuable to you. That is a good answer. Ooh, yes. (laughs) Come on, match it, match it. I don't know if I can match it, but I have been thinking a lot this week that even though this series is called Heads and Tails, I've been thinking a lot about the head and the heart. And and I think that that I could never really speak to sort of generally what it is that people's devotional time or their formational space should look like because everyone's going to be uniquely different. Um, I think that I... I'm more inclined towards the academic pursuit of things to try and understand and yet to try and understand and wrap my head around theological concepts. Where did this thing come from? When did it enter human history? At what point did like the church kind of muck up this idea or what, you know, I'm more, I probably spend 90% of my time doing that 
And yet probably 90% of my formational growth happens in those moments where I choose to be still and choose to be quiet and choose to enter into a space with the spirit. Um, and and it's, it's really for me about finding that balance between the head and the heart because actually I think both need to be full. Both need to um, know and encounter and, 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 and be with God. And so it's really for me is going head and heart like what does the meeting point of that look like and so I actually see one even though that's not a clear answer of like what that should look like for me or what that should look like for anyone else I think that that should be seen and and grabbed as uh, an exciting pursuit I want to discover what the balance between head and heart looks like for me So make sure you join us next time for the Heads and Tails podcast as we continue over the next few weeks to look at ideas like what does it mean to have God so present and God sometimes feel absent and yet we can grow in both seasons or have a God that is personal to just me but also a God that engages in community in such profound ways. So we're going to talk about all these different things. Next week actually we're looking at an ancient faith, a 2,000 year old faith, pilgrimages and liturgy and traditions of the ancient church and yet also a faith that seems to reinvent itself almost, be in new wineskins, as that verse kind of says. We're looking at the ancient and the modern. That's next time on the Heads and Tails podcast. We'll see you then.